You're listening to the Truth and Boots podcast. Join me as we search the Bible for truth about our God, for hope to encourage us through hard trials and struggles, and for answers for anyone who questions our faith. The truth of God's Word is not fragile, impractical, and only used on special occasions like a pair of stiletto heels. God's Word, like a pair of sturdy boots, is meant to be put to work daily and is designed to protect us and help us through the mud, streams, and rocks of life. This week on the show, we have part two of a series on the reliability of the Bible. Because this series has so many resources that I want to give you, go to the website, truthandboots.com. There's a resource page there that you can access and find some of these resources that I referenced, plus a whole lot more. Also, if you go to the show notes or the website, you'll see my complete bibliography. So if you want any more information, you can go there. And since you're on the website, you may as well go to the front page and hit subscribe so that every single week you can get access to Meditation Mondays, which are weekly email that I send out with my meditations on something that I personally have been learning about scripture. This week on the podcast, we're tackling the topic of the reliability of the Bible, evidence from God's Word. There's several different statements out there about um, the fact that the Bible is not reliable. You might have heard a statement that says the Bible never says that it is the Word of God. Um, This is technically correct. You will not find a single verse that says the Logos which is where we get our word, English word, Bible, the Logos is the word of God. So that is technically correct, but it's so wrong in essence. So today I want to try to help you answer that question, that accusation, if anyone ever says that to you. Also, you might hear a contention that the Bible contains the word of God, but it's not all God's word. It was written by men. We'll also be discussing this today so that you can see what the Bible says about itself and be able to answer these accusations. First, the scripture does claim to be the word of God. Let's go to the very beginning. I mean, that's a great place to start, right? Genesis chapter one, verse three says, and God said, let there be light. Verse six, and God said, let there be an expanse. And Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. Verse 11, and God said, do you see a pattern here? The Bible is full of references to God saying something. There are over 413 uses of this exact phrase in the King James, thus saith the Lord. It it covers the entire Old Testament. I do don't know if there are very many books that don't have that exact phrase. If they don't, they'll probably have this next phrase, the Lord said, 219 times in the entire Bible. Um, 54 times you see word of God. So this count obviously doesn't cover everything that you can have out there. I mean, I didn't um, cover things like God has spoken or even pronoun substitutions instead of thus saith the Lord. It could be thus he said, but the previous verse was talking about the Lord. 
Uh, so the Bible clearly says, yes, God is saying this. But to address the um, accusation, the Bible doesn't, it, it isn't the word of God. It contains the word of God. Look at what 2 Peter 1.21 says. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this scripture clearly states that these prophets in the Old Testament specifically is what they're talking about. These prophets didn't speak by themselves. So Isaiah, when he's writing the book of Isaiah, he did not speak by himself. Holy men, in this case Isaiah, of God spake, they spoke as he was moved by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So Isaiah basically wrote down the words of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. This explains the process whereby God wrote his word. He inspired the men on what to write. He basically breathed out his word through them. So scripture says it's the word of God. And if not all of God's word is God's word, let me say that again. If not all of the Bible is God's word, then who determines what part is and what part isn't? Because if you say, well, the New Testament definitely is, but some of that stuff in Genesis not is not God's word. Um, are you deciding that? Is there some other authority on earth that's telling, that's saying, okay, this part is, this part isn't. And that basically shows you that you have an ultimate authority somewhere else, your own logic, most likely. And I don't know about you, but I think wrongly often. I catch myself going, that's completely stupid thinking. I mean, I look back on some of the things I did and said in junior high, particularly, I'm like, how can anyone think that that was a smart thing to do? But hey, I did it. I thought it was a reasonable thing to do. So we can't subject God's word to our own thinking because we are fallible. We make mistakes. I would much rather rely upon God's word as my ultimate authority. Um, so the scripture does claim to be the word of God. It is all God's word, not just parts of it. And third, the apostles actually did quote scripture as God's word. For example, Acts 4, 24 through 25. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain thing? Now that's a psalm they're quoting. So Acts here is clearly stating that this psalm, was God speaking through David. Another example would be Romans 1-2, which he, if you look in the previous verse, that pronoun is um, referencing God, which God hath promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The Apostle Paul here is clearly stating that God was making a promise in the Scriptures via the prophets. 
um, 2 Timothy 3.15, we referenced 3.16, but let's look at the previous verse. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the apostles definitely quoted the Old Testament as God's word. But the apostles are still men, right? What about Christ? What was Christ's opinion of the Holy Scriptures, the Old Testament? He revered it and obeyed it. Matthew 5, 17 through 18 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Christ here is clearly stating, I am not coming here to destroy the law. I'm coming here to fulfill it. I am what all of the law, everything you read about in the Torah, the Pentateuch, and everything the prophets have been promising up to this point. I am here to fulfill all of it. Again, in Matthew uh, Mark fourteen forty nine. Christ says, I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and he took me not. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Christ is stating again, the scriptures are to be revered and to be obeyed. Matthew 26, 53 through 54. Thinkest thou not that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Christ is telling Peter, put up your sword. The scriptures have to be fulfilled. I must be arrested. Another example, Luke 18, 31. Then he took up, took unto him the twelve and said unto them, behold, we go up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man shall be accomplished. Everything that the prophets in the scriptures were writing by God, God was telling them what to write, Christ is wanting to see fulfilled. And finally, John 19, 28. After this, Christ, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Christ revered the Old Testament scriptures. He obeyed them. So it's one thing to revere something like someone could say, yes, I respect the Bible. It teaches a lot of good things. And Christ obviously does respect it. I mean, he does quote it a lot. But um, nothing in the Old Testament really happened. I mean, Jonah definitely did not live three days in the fish and creation didn't happen. And uh, the flood definitely didn't happen. Well, let's see what Christ said about all of this. Matthew 19, 4 through 5. And he, Christ, answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? He's talking to the Pharisees, saying, Haven't you read your scriptures? Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Christ here is quoting Genesis and saying, God created Adam and Eve. God made them. 
Christ is saying, yes, you can believe the Genesis account. It is true. Luke eleven fifty one. From the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, which perish between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be, quiet, be required of this generation. Christ is here again reprimanding the unbelievers. And um, he's saying, yes, from the blood of Abel, from the moment the first man was killed, Abel, until the last the prophets were killed, basically mo- the entire Old Testament he's covering here. They actually lived. All of these people you read about in the Old Testament, they lived. Otherwise, why would it be required of this generation? Why would this generation, this current people who are not believing Jesus, be held ready to be punished because of all the bloodshed of the prophets? If they didn't exist, why should that generation be punished? Or what about Matthew 24, 37 through 39? But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay, so Christ here is saying, yes, Noah actually lived. And then he continues on. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving a marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of man be. Christ is saying the flood happened just as you read in the book of Genesis. It wasn't a false occurrence. It was actually true. It was not a hoax. It was not a um, fable. It was not a legend, a fairy tale. Christ said the flood happened. What about Jonah? Matthew 12, 39 through 42. But he answered and said unto them, again, Christ is talking to the unbelievers, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Jonah. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment of this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Christ said, Jonah, yes, actually it was in the belly of the fish three days. And then he was alive and able to preach to the men of Nineveh. That actually happened. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Christ said the queen of Sheba was real. She came from the ends of the earth to hear Solomon's wisdom. Christ does not say... You've heard that story, that that fable about the Queen of Sheba and that parable about how she came. No, Christ does not say that. He said she actually came to hear Solomon's wisdom. So he believed the events in the Old Testament and the people in the Old Testament were real. They happened. He also quoted the Old Testament as an authority. Look at his temptation in Matthew chapter 4. Each time Satan is tempting him to sin, Christ says, It is written. 
And then he quotes a verse from the Old Testament, specifically the book of Deuteronomy. Christ is saying the Old Testament, the scriptures, are an authority for you. They should be obeyed. What about Luke 18, 20? Christ says, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. Christ is saying, okay, here are the commandments. You know them. You should be respecting them, obeying them. So Christ says the Old Testament, the Holy Scriptures, are God's word. He revered and obeyed them. He believed that everyone mentioned in the Old Testament actually lived, that all the events actually happened. He quoted the Old Testament as an authority, and I only gave you two verses, but I mean, the full in the Gospels. Go through the Gospels, and you'll see him constantly referring to the Old Testament and how they should be believed as an authority. So Christ believed the scriptures came from God, that they're an authority. The apostles believed the scriptures came from God. So if all the scripture came from God, can you believe it? Does God tell the truth? Again, let's start with Christ. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, Christ says. And John 1035b, Christ says, the scripture cannot be broken. Christ believed that what God said in the scripture is true. God is truth. God cannot lie. Numbers 2319, God is not a man that he should lie. Or what about Titus 1-2, in the hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. There are other verses that say that God cannot lie. But let's move on to the positive side of this. Truth is described to be one of God's attributes. And this is so, so um, prevalent, so, so saturated in scripture with this fact that you cannot doubt that the Bible clearly states that God is truth. It's one of his attributes. I'm only mentioning a few here, but go to the resource page in Truth and Boots, and I've listed a lot more, but again, that's not exhausted. Deuteronomy 32.4. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth. And without iniquity, just and right is he. Psalm 31, verse 5 says, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. John 7, 28, Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself. But he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. Or what about 1 John five twenty? And we know that the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. We are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The scriptures clearly state that God is truth. They also clearly state that he speaks truth, and that God claims to speak truth. 
again, this is very saturated in scripture, but let me just give you a couple of verses. Psalm 119, 160. The Lord, the, thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And Isaiah 45, 19. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Now, I realize that is a lot of verses, but let me just hit the main points for you again. The scriptures do claim to be the word of God. The Bible doesn't contain the word of God. It is God's word. The apostles quoted scripture as God's word. Jesus testified that the Old Testament was God's true word. He revered and obeyed it. He believed that the events in the Old Testament really happened. He quoted it as an authority. And finally, God is truth. Christ said God was truth, and he believed the Bible is true. The scripture says God cannot lie. That God is truth, and God claims to speak truth. There's a ton more verses, like I referenced, explaining and detailing all of this. Um, I just did a quick search on um, one of the Bible websites and came up with several hundred. I winnowed them down and didn't write them all out. But if you go to truthandboots.com and go to the resource page, there is a couple documents showing you all the scriptures that I had time to actually copy out for you that explains that God's word is truth and that God is truth. It's not an obscure doctrine that's taught. It is referenced everywhere in the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, multiple books. It's not one or two obscure verses. This is a established and thorough doctrine taught in the Bible. So all of these verses plainly state two things. The scriptures do claim to be from God, and they teach that God is and speaks truth. So ultimately, you have to decide if your final authority is the word of God, what we hold in our hands called the Bible, or if your final authority is your own reason, your own logic. For Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.